Hello and welcome to the Indian American Experience podcast. I'm your host, Bindia Parikh. Indian Americans are a group that defies being painted in one stroke, be it in political or ideological leanings, definition of identity, or perception of their place in society. So join me in listening to the journeys and experiences of a diverse group of Indian Americans or Desis through lighthearted, casual conversations and see if we can find common threads, maybe shed some myths and hear some interesting stories. Let's get started. Hello and welcome. I'm speaking to you from Gurgaon in India today, where it's an average winter evening with many sounds around me. There's traffic downstairs, there are sounds of birds, dogs, cows, and dinner being cooked in the kitchen. So a lot is competing for attention, but I'm very ready to focus all of it on my very special guest today, Dr. Manisha Aluvalia. Manisha is a daughter of Hindu and Sikh Indian parents and is a life coach specifically for Indian Americans. She talks and writes openly about marriage and in-law stress, infertility stress, divorce, love after divorce, and other such things. Her social media posts draw on her courage and willingness to be vulnerable about topics usually considered taboo in Indian culture. And I can't wait to ask her more about that. Besides being a coach, speaker, author, competitive tennis player, and a mom to her Indian street dog and two kittens, she's also an infectious diseases physician, but retired from that career when she learned that life coaching was her true calling. Welcome, Anisha. I'm so excited and honored to be interviewing you. Thank you so much. That was a great introduction. <laughs> <laughs> There's so much here that I want to ask you, and I want us to get right to it. But just to set the stage, let's begin at the beginning. Where did you grow up? Houston, Texas. I see. So you wrote to me that you proved your dad wrong and showed him you could be a doctor in your own words. What is the story about that? <laughs> I must have been in high school and he must have been watching me and my work ethic at that time. And he really made the statement that stuck with me. And he said, I don't think you work hard enough to go hmm. to medical school. And my brain took that on as a challenge and I wanted to go to medical school. It was something that I saw happening around me for so many of my peers, of course, you know, Indians and doctors and right. a lot of my parents' friends were doctors and a lot of their children were becoming doctors, but my parents themselves are not doctors. And I think I just took it upon myself to prove him wrong. And so I uh -huh. did. Love it. Well, that's one way to motivate your kids. <laughs> So then you did practice, you became a doctor and you practiced medicine for 15 years, including volunteering at Doctors Without Borders. How was that? How were those 15 years for you? Different than expected is hmm. one way to summarize it. I think for the, for the most part, in the ideal sense, you want to become a doctor to spend time with patients. 
and in the reality of working as a doctor in the U.S. in most settings, mm. we can't generalize everything. Mm-hmm. It's only a fraction of your work, which is time spent with the patient. Mm. And unfortunately, most of your time is spent at the computer screen and following a bunch of people's rules, the employer's rules, the hospital administrative rules, the insurance company's rules, Medicare, Medicaid rules. And it just eats away at your will Mm. to be in service of others because Mm. you've stripped yourself of the very essence of what you wanted to do. And it's just, I couldn't do it after a while. I mean, Doctors Without Borders was a totally different experience because I got to be in charge. I got my autonomy back. Mm. But the the most of my career, it was just very challenging from that perspective. That's sad that you became a doctor for the right reasons. And then just the nature of practicing it was disappointing for you. And we hear it. I hear it from other doctors as well. So then you decided to instead become a life coach. I'm yeah. sure there is a long journey there yeah. that you went through to get to that point. I want to hear about it. And I want to mention that you mentioned to me that among other things, the Netflix show Indian Matchmaking helped you solidify the niche in your life coaching. So tell me about that journey. One day at my job in infectious diseases, I was talking with my colleague, same age as me. She's Romanian, um, but we're, you know, we both kind of lived the immigrant experience. Right. I think we grew up with our fixed mindsets about so many things coming from our cultures. And we were both growing very tired of the job that we were in, being told by our, you know, old white man boss about mm. how to practice, how to live our lives outside of medicine so that we could be more present in medicine (laughs) at this job to make money for the hospital. Anyway, so she said to me, I've been part of this Facebook group. It's been really helpful for me. So I I joined the Facebook group and it was about, it was women physicians talking about style and fun things Mm. and fashion. And so I got really excited to be in a different type of environment, even though it was online. And this is Mm -hmm. pre-COVID. There honestly, most of the women in this group were white and from middle America. So like central and what am I trying? Midwest. And they really had different ways of thinking that I got to hear. And when I started hearing how they think, Mm. I realized some of my own thoughts match theirs, but I never really said them out loud. I never really had them at the top of my awareness. Things like, Things like I can stand up for what I want. Things like I don't have to work an extra day if that's not what I want to do. Things like just because I don't have a kid doesn't mean I should show up on the days that other people who have kids want the day off. Or just because I'm not Christian doesn't mean I should work every Christmas. You know, like these were things I used to think, but I never used to really say them out loud. And so I really Uh found a lot of empowerment by listening to what other people were saying in this group. And by listening to their thoughts, I started adopting some of these thoughts on my own for myself. I borrowed them. Mm. And then hearing about people having coaches. And then when I had my own issues in my, in my health, 
I thought, well, what if I hire a coach instead of, you know, a doctor to help me? And and these coaches happen to be doctors. Okay. And I, I had this built-in trust with them, right? Right. So using doctors who are coaches, I started seeing the effects of coaching on me. It was absolutely transformative. And we can talk about that. But then I went to a conference for this same Facebook group. And at that conference, I had a chance to workshop with and go to a breakout session with other coaches who were doctors. So I got to meet some of them in person and then learn about what it's like to get certified and work as a coach. And the next time I felt burnout at work, it was 2020 and about 10 days before the pandemic came to the East coast in the U S yeah. I, I resigned from my job mm-hmm. and 10 days later, the pandemic hit and I'm an infectious disease physician right. obligated to go back in a different capacity though, this time mm-hmm. as a, as a sort of self-employed agency doctor, a traveling doctor, I but see. By that time, I also en- enrolled in a life coaching program, and I was sort of doing both. I was working as a physician on my own terms, and then, you know, getting certified as a coach. And I just, I fell in love. I knew exactly what I needed to do for the rest of my days. Yeah. And, and it was around that time that the Netflix show Indian Matchmaking was coming around. It was be- becoming more popular. I was watching it, and I was having yeah. trouble in my own marriage, in my, you know, relationship with my husband, with my in-laws. And I was seeing the same patterns in this show mm. of people facing challenges with their own parents and their potential in-laws and the expectations that were put on them and the pressure they were feeling and the fear they were having in speaking out for their own wishes, for their own wants, for their own desires. And I was like, this is, this is prevalent. And this is a gap that people are not talking about. Interesting. I'm learning these ways of being empowered through all these other methods and I'm speaking out, but maybe some other people are not. So maybe there's something here. Yeah. And that's where the niche was born. Wow. That makes sense. Your social media posts portray how as a life coach, You work on your client's courage and willingness to be vulnerable about topics usually considered taboo in Indian culture. So spell that out. What are some of those issues? It's easiest to always speak and coach about things that are part of your lived experience. And my lived experience includes getting married because I wanted to, but to somebody outside of my specific culture. So I'm Punjabi and I married somebody from Andhra. So that was a difference. I got married at age 38, which is vastly different from what is expected in the culture. You know, most of us are starting to hear pressure about getting married around 25, if not, you know, even sooner sometimes, but you know, I'm living in America. So my parents probably let it go for a while. I'm also quite stubborn and resistant to anything. I'm being <laughs> Don't tell me what to do. Uh, so I was 38, I married somebody who's not Punjabi. Hmm. Um, we went away to volunteer in Uganda together in our first year of marriage. So that was different. Right. Um, giving up all that income to the Indian culture. That's like, what are you doing? And, huh. you know, that was just crazy for them. 
Um, I declared I didn't want to have children early in my marriage. Okay. I knew that. And I declared it out loud to my husband who agreed. He, he, he also was okay with that and wanted that because we were both of the, of the mindset that we wanted to volunteer in the world and that having children would actually um, not be, you know, congruent with that lifestyle. Right. So that was different. And once we hit our challenge in our marriage, which was he changed his mind and then decided want, he wanted children, I was already older and it was something I didn't want. So for the first three years of, our, of that time in our marriage, we were in marriage counseling trying to decide what to do. Hmm. And right after that, we had an, I got an ultimatum from him and his parents saying, you know, you really need to decide that you're going to try to get pregnant. And if that's not going to be the case, then we're going to have to part ways and you have 30 days to do this or make this decision. And this was after three years of going back and forth. And at that time I said, no, I don't want children. So we actually separated physically, but then a month later we were both so miserable. I missed him so much. So I decided to say yes, to try to get pregnant oh. and I went through doctor's appointments because I was having trouble getting pregnant. And, you know, then we started our journey of fertility treatments and we did IVF and IUI and I adopted an Indian embryo and I had miscarriages and I had DNCs and it was a four-year journey. And in that fourth year of doing these treatments and trying to conceive, uh, I was starting to hear a lot of resentment from my ex-husband and my in-laws. So these are the things that fuel the discussions, the posts, and it also fuels my belief in my clients, right? Like, yeah, I'm an Indian American. Yeah. I have belief. I navigated these challenges. I'm still alive. Yeah. And I can use that belief to hold belief for my clients too. I can believe in them before they believe in themselves. Wow. That's well said. That's why this is so just like heartfelt and it comes from the inside for me because I I know that it's so hard to face these challenges mm -hmm. with husbands and in-laws and the people that we put in authoritative positions in our culture, in our patriarchal culture. Mm -hmm. And as the as well, being American born or at least now knowing the Western culture, there yeah. is a part of us that wants different. And I know that's not just me. And I know that's not just the people I've coached and the people that I've worked with me, because I hear from people so often on my social media. Mm. They write to me in my DMs. You're speaking directly to me. How did you get in my head? This is exactly what I think, but I'm too scared to say it out loud. I hear it all the time. For years, I've been hearing this on my direct messages. So I know there's a need. Yeah. I know I'm in the right place with the right niche. And I know these are the people I want to help. Absolutely. Absolutely. Before I let you go, I'm an Indian immigrant parent, and I'm sure I've done a lot of, a lot wrong in parenting or maybe I should say I'm a parent so I must have damaged my kids in some ways so I want to ask you maybe my question is as a daughter of Indian parents you being a daughter of 
Indian immigrant parents. What do you want us parents to know? Most of the time, let's say I'm talking to my parents right now. Yeah. And this is the conversation I would have with them. Most of the time, I don't feel understood. Most of the time, it doesn't seem like you understand who I am. It doesn't seem like you want to know what's important to me, what my priorities are, what informs my decisions. And it doesn't feel like you trust me as a person able to make good decisions for myself. But I want you to know that I trust me. I know I make good decisions. I know they may not be the same that you want for me. And I know that even though I want something different for me than you want, it doesn't change your role as my parent or my role as your daughter and that we can have different opinions and still be connected. And if we can proceed from that place, I think we can all feel better and just have more fun and joy when we sit down together to have a meal. That's my wish for you to hear because that's what's inside of me. I just want to sit at the dinner table with you and enjoy a meal and feel like we all can be who we are, mm -hmm. hold our own opinions, not have judgment for each other. Mm -hmm. And that's it. That would be the best outcome for me. I'm, I'm nodding. And <laughs> I have two adult daughters. And so I'm hearing, I'm hearing things that I may not necessarily have heard from them, but I sense it. And I consider myself to be an open-minded parent. And I think we get our conflicting issues when it comes to me seeing something as uh, a safety issue or perhaps, well, I, I would say that as a parent, I would add to what you said. And I think the most difficult thing for a parent is to sit back and let the children make mistakes. And that's something I think every parent <laughs> needs to work on as long as, yeah, as long as those are not life and death issues and very few things are. So yeah. thank you. I, I love that we have that captured and I hope that it inspires a lot of the people who listen, parents and their children to have more discussions about it and learn yeah. from it and start thinking in different ways. And by the way, you as a life coach, I am going to put down information in the show notes. Maybe I want to sign up. <laughs> <laughs> I would welcome the opportunity. You know, my coaching is open to really anybody. The tagline is life coaching for Indians. And of course, I coach anybody. And some of my current clients are not even Indian all of it is welcome. It's not anything that is restrictive. It's just something to help others know that if they're looking for somebody who's Indian, who knows their culture, where mm -hmm. there is a 
shared baseline that you can find me because I'm here for you. That sounds good. Anisha, yours is clearly a story of having transformed your struggles into something so positive and then sharing your lessons with others. So thank you for doing that. And thank you for this interview. Thank you. Thank you so much. And as usual, I'll be back next week with another wonderful representative of the Indian American community. Hope you'll join me too.